0: be honest. When you look in the mirror, do you look how you want to? Or do you see somebody who could be taking a little better care of themselves? How about your energy levels? Do you get anything done after supper? Anything done after the kids go to bed? Or is it straight to the couch for you? Do you feel foggy waking up, groggy throughout the day? Do you need coffee just to get through? Now, this podcast is not here to body shame anybody. It's not here to lifestyle shame anybody. It's not medical advice. You know, we humans are complex creatures, but if some of those questions hit home, could it be that you're letting yourself down, you're not getting the results you want because of how you eat? Not just what you eat, there's people up and down the internet, probably right next door on YouTube, that'll tell you what to eat. I'm asking if your entire relationship to food is sabotaging your desire to be better. Do you even know how to cook? Or are you spending hundreds of dollars a month on takeout and delivery? Ask yourself this, is my relationship to food one of little thought, little effort, maximum pleasure, and maximum speed? Be honest about that. I mean, this was the case for me at one time, and I had poor emotional stability, poor energy, I did not look or feel the way I knew I could until I made some basic changes to my relationship with food. So straight up, if you want to look and feel better, if you want to save money, it may be time to examine your relationship to food. It may be time to examine how you eat. So in this episode, I'm going to give you three steps. Three steps I took to heal my relationship with food. Started to lose body fat, build muscle, skyrocketed my energy, and I'm even saving a little bit of money along the way. So if any of this is starting to sound a little bit appetizing, keep listening, and we're going to break down this relationship to food and get you living a better life right now. Let's go. right let's get right to the three steps that i took to improve my relationship to food increase my energy burn fat build muscle feel better overall you know feel better on a spiritual level let's break it down number one step was planning i have to say that what i discovered in myself after a lot of writing and reflection was that food essentially was a drug in my life you know i've told this anecdote before so i'll keep it real short but Back in 2015, when I was writing, shooting, producing, directing, catering, (laughs) my first feature film, um, that was a very stressful experience. And a lot of the time, I'd be left with a bunch of food at the end of the night that people didn't eat. I'd go home with that, and I would just gorge myself as a way to sort of de-stress late at night. And I don't think that's an uncommon behavior. But then when I when I went further back in my memory, I can remember times where I would just be gorging on, on crackers and, and cheesies and cookies, just plowing it into my mouth beyond what was reasonable uh, in a way to feel good, feel pleasure. And uh, I even hid junk food around the house uh, to get to when my parents were around. I would, you know, covertly <laughs> have a Pop-Tart here or some cheesies there. And, you know, that sounds like a drug habit, doesn't it, in a way? And so if you've been listening to this show, I I have since gone forward to understand that due to some issues in my young life, I was using food as a way to reclaim my bodily pleasure, as a way to pleasure myself uh, after a painful experience. So, you know, as someone who pleasured themselves with food, there was very little thought, you know, from childhood into teenage years, into young adulthood, now living on my own. There was very little thought towards uh, when I was going to eat, right? Besides as often as possible. <laughs> you know, there was no thought to what I was going to eat besides whatever I could get my hands on and whatever tasted good. And you can imagine how someone would end up if they were eating that way with no thought to when or what. You're just, food, uh, it was a mindless activity. It was, it was something more about pleasure than anything else. So the biggest change I had to make then was devising a diet plan that included both what and when I was going to eat. So it may be time to ask yourself the question now, am I really putting enough thought into what I eat and when I eat? And I cannot sit here and tell you what to eat and tell you when to eat. I think what I'd suggest is to check out the episode of this podcast from August 27th, when I break down the method that I undertook for myself to decide what to eat and when to eat. And again, that episode was August 27th of this year entitled How I Lost 20 Pounds. You know, so at some point I realized I'm working out, but I'm not getting any leaner. I'm putting on muscle, sure, but so now I'm just getting heavier. Uh, I'm fasting and I'm not really getting any leaner. Anxiety, depression was coming and going, emotional instability, energy levels wildly off. Like reading my journal from over the years, Some days I'd have all the drive in the world to get things done. Other days I could barely get off the couch. What began to occur to me was that I want more out of life. And so after a lot of that reflection, when it became clear how I was using food like a drug, I said, well, it's time now to put some real mindful attention into what I eat and when I eat. And doing that really, it broke the spell that food had over me. It took a long time. It's not 100% but it's coming. So, you know, let us not forget that food is fuel, right? First and foremost, you need enough of the right stuff to accomplish your goals, Re- repair and replenish your body, give yourself the nutrients that you require to be a living organism, right? I'm no biologist, I'm no dietitian, but this is my basic understanding. So if you're someone who, like me, eats and drinks for pleasure, and you know it's leading to weight gain that you don't want, it's leading to those unfavorable results, low energy, uh, poor health perhaps, I can't give you the discipline. I can't sit here and make you disciplined. I can't give you the want or the desire to stop eating. Let me simply say, for me, it was years of reflection. It was years of coming to understand how trauma and pain led to a desire, led to a need to pleasure myself, to control my pleasure with food. So if now you're thinking, well, maybe I am leaning on food like a crutch, right? I don't really think about what I'm going to eat. I just, I eat what I, what tastes good. And there's nothing wrong with that sometimes. And I, as far as when it's like, well, I know three square meals and snacks and better for bedtime snack. And sometimes I sleepwalk to the fridge at two in the morning. If you find now that maybe food is just kind of bah, it's taken over your life or it's spread throughout your life in this kind of insane way if you truly start thinking about it. Number one, I would say examine food's role in your life from childhood. Examine food's role in your life story from childhood. You know, how are you fed as a child? How did you treat food as a child? What did you eat? You know, uh, did you maybe grow up? Your parents had a little less money so it wasn't wasn't a lot of food, wasn't the most nutritious food or perhaps... On the other hand, your parents had too much money and loved to throw a little food at the problem, as it were. Now, this can take place in a couple of ways, but I would say journaling, of course, is huge. Just just start that journal, right? A few lines a day about how did I eat when I was a kid and how do I eat today? And am I, like I once teased my good friend as he was eating a bunch of candy on a film set, do I still eat like a kid? Take that time to be introspective, there's no changes coming. There's no. Don't get worked up like we need to go out and buy a bunch of broccoli. Take that time now to think about how you eat, how you used to eat, and how you do eat. Journaling is a great way to do that. Speaking voice notes into your phone. Perhaps you have a trusted friend or a therapist that you talk to. Bring it up. Go deep on it. And secondly, as I was alluding to, there's no rush to change here. You know, If you do want to look better, feel better, have more energy... Um, get a handle on the way food uh, exists and is a part of your life, you have to first observe yourself in the present. How am I eating now? When am I eating now? Why do I eat the way I eat now? What am I eating? Now, When you listen to the August 27th episode, you'll remember or you'll find that that was the first thing I had to do was I devised this spreadsheet, which I'll make available to you, where I could plan my meals. But I didn't do anything rather than use the spreadsheet to put what I would have normally eaten. And that was very eye-opening as far as how many calories, how much fat, how many carbohydrates I was consuming. So go to that episode. I'll, I'll even make that spreadsheet available through this episode in a link in the show notes. Use that spreadsheet to track what you'd normally eat. Even if you're going out and pounding three Big Macs and a pint of ice cream, I want that in the spreadsheet. I want you to see just exactly how much is going in and, and when, right? Note the time. Observe how you normally eat. Think about how you eat. Observe how you eat. I'm not telling you to change. This is the beginning of our planning phase. So let's move on now to step two. Okay, step number two, I'm calling preparation. And it's, it's preparation in a couple of different ways. So a big issue for me and, and perhaps for you as well, it's still one that overcomes me. In fact, it's When I decide it's time to eat, it is time to eat right now. I come charging into the kitchen. I grab whatever I can get my hands on. You know, I wolf that down. Then I start cooking the meal. I eat that meal. Then I, you know, then, oh, it's time for dessert. Need something sweet. And I just cram and cram and cram, cram and cram and cram. And finally, the alarm bells are going off like, yeah, Patrick, we're good. That's enough. It's going to take like a month to digest this amount of food that you've just thrown at us so this desire to this desire to just eat as soon as it's time to eat i want to consume i want to feel that food inside me i want to feel that pleasure it led to overeating right it led to putting on unwanted fat it led to low energy levels throughout the day because you end up eating too much you end up eating stuff that really is not a good choice for you personally or me personally And so I had to come up with a solution to this. It's like, okay, this is a very deep-seated problem that goes all the way back to childhood. I got to work with it. I can't work against it. A solution that I came up with is to have, use that planning, have your meal planned out, but break that meal into a small appetizer and then sort of the main course of the meal. Being prepared in a sense of, I know how I work. I know what's coming. I know the challenge that I'm about to put on myself of like ravenous, sort of mindless, I need to eat like I'm a a, a bloodthirsty vampire or something. Having that small appetizer and saying, all right, I'm going to get in the kitchen. We're going to have a little bite to eat and that's going to calm me down. You know, for for me, almonds are great. If you're not allergic to nuts, they're a great option. Be careful because they are jam-packed with calories. They're very fat fat, rich, weigh them out. Don't be afraid to buy a food scale and see what 20 grams of almonds looks like. It might surprise you. It surprised me. Uh, lately, I've also been enjoying sardines on toast. Sardines got a bad rap for many years in my life until I actually ate them and found them delicious. Having that appetizer within five minutes of deciding to eat is crucial for me because it calms the mind. It settles me down and says, oh, there's, there's food here. Just chill. The food's here. It's coming, here, have this. It also busies your hands, right? Like sometimes I'll make a tuna salad, so I gotta chop up some vegetables, drain a can of tuna, make myself a little something. This, this really, in the same way that journaling, journaling relieves anxiety because it's a manual task that we do with our hands now i should say too when it comes to this kind of discussion a lot of the time we hear the the subject of meal preparation coming up or maybe you're going to sit down on a sunday night and you're going to make yourself six seven dinners that are going to live in the fridge or live in the freezer and when it comes time for supper you're going to grab that heat it up boom away you go i don't do that maybe i should I can't really speak to it, although I would say what we're talking about here is this mental preparation and this sort of real-life preparation. Having the food ready to go might go a long, long way if you have a problem with needing to eat immediately and sometimes screwing yourself over by grabbing whatever's available that may not be good. To know you've got that, you know, that healthy whole food meal waiting for you in just a few minutes, maybe you have that appetizer while it's heating up in the microwave, I can't speak to it, it may be something for you to explore. So now, if you're saying, I don't know, all this kind of sounds like work, I don't really know how to cook. I don't have time to cook, right? Uh, if that's the reason for why you go blowing money on, on those delivery services every day or multiple times a week, you know, I can I can understand that. If you don't have the skills or the knowledge to do something, you you suffer the consequences, frankly. But, you know, I'm lucky that was, it's not my case. I. For one, I can't live with the delivery fees that some of those places charge, but very fortunate to have been raised by parents who who knew the value of cooking and who modeled that for me and my sister uh, to to cook yourself pretty much anything you're going to eat or prepare it or be responsible for it. If you didn't have that, I can understand. Now, to say that you don't have time to cook is something that I, I really, I can't necessarily let that go. And I'm not here to judge you. I, I just, I couldn't let that go in myself, let's say. Because to me, that's akin to saying, well, I don't have time to care about myself. I don't have time to care about my body. I don't have time to care about my energy or my health, my future, my spirit, my family. Right? Like to understand how to eat, to understand what to eat, to understand how to prepare food is a huge, huge part of, of being human. So to say you don't have time to cook, you don't have time to go to the grocery store, you're simply saying, I don't have time to really learn all that there is to be human. And if that's the case for you, fine. But the fact that you're still listening makes me think that maybe, maybe it's worth examining that aversion to cooking. You know, my mother said to me <laughs> the other night that if you can read, you can cook. And I would even say, you don't even necessarily need to be able to read all that well if you can watch videos like this one or listen you can surely get the basics down and i'm i'm no Michelin star chef you know but i learned a few basics that i cook throughout the week and it keeps me going i think that this aversion to learning how to cook is sadly perhaps a symptom of this hypermodern hyperinformational postmodern world that we live in you know, I want my pleasure outsourced to pornography, been down that road. I want my meaning and my what's important to me uh, outsourced to pop culture and social media. And I don't know who I am, and I really don't care to understand this basic thing that people have been doing for centuries, millennia. I want my food outsourced to a website. I snap my fingers, I don't have to think about it. There it is on the front step. Now I'm not saying that's you. I mean, it's not like I, you know, it's not like I have my own farm out back and go hunting and go fishing. I just go to the grocery store. and God knows that, you know, that's its own set of issues right there. But I guess I'm just trying to open the door to you along the lines of preparation to have you think maybe it's time to be prepared to live life a different way. And also to prepare to eat is a much longer process. You know, I have my spreadsheet of meals planned out. I have my grocery shopping list planned out. And, you know, going to the grocery store, buying the right food, cooking the right food, storing the food, planning. These are all skills that we all need to learn. But food is so fundamentally important because it's what we build our body with. I mean, every cell in your body has changed over numerous times since you were born. How do you think that the body had the materials to build itself? It was because of what you ate. So learning how to eat, and again, I'm, this is an ongoing process for me. I'm probably doing things that I won't be doing in a few years from now. But learning how to eat is learning how to build a better body, build a better brain, build a better mind, build a better life. So you may have to learn the basics. You may have to be willing to put more time into it, right? If food is something that you just throw down and then get back to whatever else, but you're not happy with the results you're getting, then more time has to be devoted to the eating itself and to the planning itself and to the preparation of the food and to understanding the food. So I'll get off the soapbox here. What you eat, that's a deeper question. I can't answer it. I can't tell you what to eat. I would love for you to check out the August 27th episode on how I lost 20 pounds. It's gonna to talk to you about how I found out just exactly how I needed to eat. And hopefully you could take some guidance from that and and do the same research and, and find out, you know, how, how should I eat? What, what, what should be going into the, into the body? And you know what, if nothing else, 50, 60, 70 bucks still goes a little further at the grocery store, a lot further at the grocery store than it will go on one of those online delivery services. All right. Step number three, the last step in the process of healing my relationship to food mindfulness, introducing a mindfulness to how I thought about food. You know, I was talking about how preparation can really help in improving our eating habits, right? We know what we're going to eat. We know when we have the food on hand. We've made our grocery list. We've made our, our meal plan. All these skills, we're working on developing them, but we also need to be prepared mentally. We need to be willing to bring mindfulness into our relationship with food thinking about how we think about food. And that goes back to that reflection in in the journal, understanding maybe how you use food, uh, what your relationship to food is, what your kind of, what role food plays in your life. So that mental preparation is, if you know supper time is coming and you're getting hungry and you had a bad day, and you know that as soon as it's Reasonable to start eating, you're going to just go crush a bag of chips or ice cream or a few pieces of bread or cookies or crackers. All right, that's a good awareness to have. It's like if you know supper time is coming and I'm going to just eat the first thing I see, make a note of this. Be aware of this. Next time it happens, what I had to do and what I'd suggest for you is if the food compulsion, the food craving, the need to just cram, if that's getting out of hand and you know it's going to run you off the rails. Breathe deeply because you already told me that you're aware of it. You know it's going to happen. And if you're not aware, hopefully this episode can help you become aware of how you're compelled to eat, how you just eat without thinking as soon as it's possible. A few deep breaths and say, okay, okay. It's not time to eat. It's time to make supper. It's time to make breakfast. It's time to make a snack. It's not time to eat a pile of crap it's time to begin the process. And so what I found for myself was, you know, I work all day at home editing the podcast. I don't see a soul. I get a little squirrely by the end. Oh, supper time. I can't wait to go running into the kitchen and chill, chill. You were, you were going hard all day. Yes. You're hungry. Yes. The body needs it. It's not time to eat. It's time to begin the process of eating. And so this mindful voice that's starting to come up a little louder and louder in my life, uh, it's guiding me through situations like this. What I found was that I would actually, that mindful voice would just shut off when it came to food, right? I would the voice was gone. It was just like, I was in a trance. It was like, get me to the kitchen. I can't wait to just tear into it. I'm going to have four scoops of peanut butter and then wake up and realize I'm in the kitchen. You know what I mean? I would go into a mindless trance and that desire to eat, eat, eat would just take over. So, you know, I wouldn't wish that on anybody else, but I'm sure it's out there. I'm sure if you're still listening, it's time to maybe think about how our mind relates to food, how we sort of compose ourselves how we behave when it comes to beginning to eat. So, I mean, just as you wouldn't mindlessly drive your kid to school, I hope, or you wouldn't just mindlessly go into the boss's office to ask for a raise, or you wouldn't mindlessly go see somebody who's sick in the hospital. You have to get yourself into that headspace of preparing the food, preparing the self to eat. It's like, yeah, I'm hungry. I'd love to eat. Okay. It's not going to be instant anymore, right? We're not or try not to live that way. That's at least how I look at it. So that deep breath, that quick appetizer that I mentioned, and then enjoy the process of cooking, which whether or not you know how to cook, you can learn and you can get better just like I can definitely get better. (laughs) Enjoy that process, right? It's like, hey, you don't have to be at work. You don't have to be uh well maybe you have to also be yelling at the kids, but you don't have to be at work. You don't have to be fighting with people. You don't have to be doom scrolling Twitter watching the bombs fly in the Middle East. You're cooking. It's a joyous experience. It's a it's a chemical reaction. It's a science project. Put some music on. Put it put a podcast on for all I care. I still cook and listen to podcasts. Enjoy that process, you know. Get the get the stove fired up. Get all four burners going. Like it's a party, man. It's a party. It really should be. You and the food cooking. And again, that process of busying the hands, doing some work, finding the enjoyment, maybe smile. God forbid we smile. (laughs) You're going to find that your relationship to food slowly begins to become one of joy, one of patience, one of enjoyment. All right. So now when it comes to the act of eating, this is also where, you know, the mindless trance for me kicks in, and the the mindfulness shuts off. Here's a few things I had to do. And this sucks. No TV, no podcast, no social media. When it's time to eat, it is time to eat. Now, I even had somebody on this podcast tell me, you won't get what you need from the food if you're eating it mindlessly. Now, <laughs> I also had somebody tell me that it, you won't get what you need from the food if you don't eat it with your hands. I mean, I eat with my hands, but I don't know about that. But the point is, you've now made this food or hell, even if you're still ordering the food, okay, you ordered the food, you're going to throw a podcast on, you're going to eat it in four bites, inhale it with no breaths in between and wonder why you now feel tired. When it comes to eating, it's time to eat and focus on that food. I take a few bites, put the fork down breathe between the bites chew until the food is well mashed up and almost falls down your throat on its own think about each bite think about the taste the smell think about how your body's now absorbing the stuff that it needs and boy i can tell you when you start to see food mindfully when you see it as fuel the junk that you used to let pass for food it's harder and harder to take up you know once you get past the taste and you're thinking, wow, "I'm chewing this thing and boy, this this is going inside of me. This is my body is going to use this. This is going to have to be dealt with by my by my organs. This is going to show up on my skin." How is my body going to build new eye cells with a Big Mac? <laughs> you know? I mean, maybe it can. Again, this is where my medical knowledge falls off, but I believe I've made my point. The act of eating is one of of great spiritual importance, and one of reverence. And I'm trying to get there myself. No distractions. Tasting, chewing, breathing, slowing it down. Be grateful for this moment that you've had to build yourself. All right. You know, ultimately these problems of poor energy, a body that we don't like, a way of living that we don't like, a want or a desire to know that we can get more out of life A lot of those things for me, and I think maybe for you too in some cases, could be traced to our relationship with food. I had to remove mindlessness around food. I had to start preparing myself. I had to start planning. So, and still to this day, and I would encourage you to ask yourself the following questions. What do I need to eat? When do I need to eat? Why do I need to eat? And how do I need to eat? Write those questions down and on the other side of the paper, how do I eat now? Why do I eat now? When do I eat now? What do I eat now? you have an idea now of maybe how you can improve? That's great. It's equally important to take stock in the present of how we're dealing with food now and where we'd like to go with it. So thank you very much for listening. I hope that it gets you thinking about your relationship with food. I'd love to hear from you. If any of this is resonating, please drop a comment below on YouTube. Get in touch with me through Facebook, through Instagram. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Use the Q&A feature on Spotify. We're out there. We're happy to hear from you. We'd like to hear from you. And we appreciate you putting your time and your mind into listening or watching this show. So until we speak again, please remember, that better is possible.